welcome to the Infernal Schoolhouse podcast, Explosions and Fire. I'm Brian. And I'm Aaron. And today we're excited to have Rob from Misty Mountain Gaming on the show. Welcome, Rob. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. Very excited to be here. Absolutely. So, Rob, can you maybe introduce yourself and tell us about your experience with TTRPGs and other cool sounding stuff? How long is your format again? I just want to check before I start <laughs> rambling. Um, hi, I'm Rob, Rob Franklin. I am a Alabama native. I've been a dungeon master for nearly a decade now. I kind of started with the advent of fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. I, a friend of mine brought the box set to Ooh. a party that we had over at my house. And I was, I was sort of bartending the party. I was a bartender by profession at the time. Uh, and I was in no state to accurately remember anything that I did Dungeons and Dragons related to that evening. But I woke up the next day and remembered, I think I played Dungeons and Dragons last night. Can we do that again? Maybe when I'm, when I'm awake and alert and it was a, a love affair that began and has lasted ever since. It is now my favorite thing to do with my time, my favorite thing to do with my friends. And now I do it for work. I was hired into Misty Mountain Gaming at the time because I knew a lot about Dungeons and Dragons. That was my only piece of pedigree, my only qualification for the job. And now I'm pleased to say recently worked my way up the ranks and promoted to the operations manager for the company now. And Ooh. very excited to be associated with a tabletop lifestyle brand that can really, I think, make an impact in the space positively for members of the community and also just provide you with some really cool dice to roll. It is the greatest perk of the job being able to take uh, some cool <laughs> dice home as often as I please. You can't pass in those math rocks ever, really. <laughs> Absolutely not. A couple of things there. One, I am currently a bartender and also. <clears throat> oh, my condolences. Yeah. And so one of the one of the challenges, which this is probably a rich enough topic to have an entire uh, episode on, but calculating alcohol intake balanced with actually playing D&D is a little bit of a challenge I've seen. I think there's, yeah. there's something awesome about having a drink and something really terrible about having inebriated people at your table. Yeah. <clears throat> Dungeons and Dragons kind of walks that balance between fun and serious and kind of lands in the middle at serious fun you kind of just like if you're just going to have a drink and be with your friends and kind of fart around there's better things to do as the excuse to get together for that evening uh, but yeah. you also you know want to be loose be fun and take be allow yourself to go where the role play takes you and moderation can be a a great tool to get you there yeah. I had one session where I was a player and the dungeon master was pretty drunk mm -hmm. and it was Ooh. not very fun. Actually, <laughs> it was like we, everyone it was just cringy the, for most of it. So and then the other thing that you have just inspired me to do is to add knows a lot about Dungeons and Dragons on my resume because like it worked for you. So maybe it'll work for me. You know, we joke and I, I admit that I'm in a in a strange place, but Dungeons and Dragons, especially if you are running the game does have transferable skills to the workplace. You you organize people, you think on your feet, you're able to improvise, you're good at working in a team. Yeah. 
I agree. What you said there reminds me a lot of Darkon. It's a it's a documentary uh, that's based on this um, LARPing community where these people all dress up. And uh, the guy who's like the king of Darkon, which uh, role models kind of pokes fun at, he constantly talks about those things about how it gives him those skills and gives him that ability. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, Yeah. and after being a dungeon master, especially via Zoom, I realized, as you just said, Rob, the skill set is almost identical to running a meeting. You're responsible. It is, for, yeah. You're responsible for everyone making sh- you know making sure everyone's having fun and they're engaged and having to you know just kind of run the entire thing. And I realize it's it's pretty much the exact same skill set, which is great because I have run a lot of games of Dungeons and Dragons and other RPGs over the internet, and now a lot of my job is meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of it in terms of that preparing me for this, <laughs> but uh, it really couldn't have been more perfect. That's awesome. So Aaron and I, last year, we decided to start this business in front of the schoolhouse. We just kind of, you know, threw things together. And one of the first things that we did is we went to the Denver Fan Expo. So we walked yeah. in and the Misty Mountain Gaming booth was epic. It was like, I don't know, five or six booths worth <laughs> of real estate. There was at least half a dozen people working the booth. And the, a lot of them were like dressed up and the the products that were available there were so of such high quality that I remember Aaron and I just looked at each other and we were both just like, holy shit, like this, this is amazing. We've got to talk to these people. So that's when the idea was born. And I remember collecting cards from people. And I think it was Sophie maybe that we had initially connected with. Mm-hmm. It was very sweet. Wonderful. Uh, and so here we are six months later having you on the show. So I'm, I'm just, it's really gratifying experience for us that we actually got you to come on the show. And yeah, we're really interested. I'm, I'm trying to come up with a question here, but I think we're, we're really oh, interested. Good. What's it like to be a part of conventions? Because it's, it's an aspirational thing for us and it looks really cool, but I, I'm guessing there's probably some things that are less than dreamy about it. Well, very first thing, I'm glad you guys are recording this because I need your endorsement of our company just as a sound bite to be allowed to do things with at some point. That would be <laughs> wonderful. Also, probably to send to my mother uh, so that she can she can appreciate the things that I do. She's actually wonderful. So conventions were never an aspirational thing for me. I kind of stumbled into that world pretty blind. I had a, a significant other once upon a time who was very into the scene and got me to go to a few. And I basically followed them around the convention, seeing their friends, going to the panels that they wanted to go, watching them be dressed up. And I just I just never caught the bug. But the other side of that coin, actually working the conventions, being there when that big old concrete room is empty, the community between all of the other vendors, the competition between all the other vendors, getting to meet people, having some scant encounters with celebrity on the show floor that that part i love and the nice thing was even though i was the the thing that really (laughs) sold me on it and this might sound odd to say was i really liked getting paid to do it yes (laughs) as everyone else at the convention is seeing the same things i'm seeing they're around the same people i am they're eating the same food and drinking the same drinks that i'm doing it but it's costing them money and I'm getting paid. I thought this is the in best cases, scam in the world. In yeah. some cases, quite a lot of money. <laughs> Startling numbers. Um, and me being infamously cheap that was, would have been prohibitive. But 
<clears throat> when you when you do get in there, when you do get to do it, it's so nice because the con comes to you. When you're at a visible large location, like you guys referenced at the Denver Fan Expo, and we love the Fan Expo shows, everyone that you would have any desire to speak to, anyone that you think you might have anything in common with that's even vaguely interested in TTRPGs or has seen you on Twitch or listened to your podcast or any of those things, just comes by and you get to talk to them and you get to meet your community and your people without the exhausting legwork of going around and finding it. Uh, there's so much that goes into the convention side of things, but that might be my favorite part is just the, the conveyor belt parade of people who love the things I love coming to me. Yeah. And who are excited to chat with you. That's so cool. I also went to Gen Con for the first time this year as well. Oh, I hope I get to go next time. And it was actually like, almost a quasi emotional moment for me because when I was a kid, I got mercilessly teased for my interest in D and D and other things nerd related. And so, yeah. and I, I read, I think somewhere that it was like 70,000 people. And then when I walked in and I was like, Oh my God, they're all like me. There's a lot of people like me because I had just spent so much time feeling, I don't know, uneasy or a little mm -hmm. bit weird about my interest in these things. And to just see like, and especially for Gen Con, the entire city, of Indianapolis is pretty much just yeah. dedicated to that hobby in that moment for that weekend. And it was like pretty amazing. Gen Con is bucket list material for me. I, I really, not everybody that works in the company gets to go to every show. It's just the company's needs dictate where folks get to go. I haven't been to Gen Con yet. I haven't been to any of the PAX shows yet. Attending an acquisitions incorporated game as it's happening instead of watching it on YouTube huge, huge thing that I would look forward to checking off the bucket list. But I had a similar experience because I did get to go to Gary Con. And oh, that, one. that one is just, it takes it takes place at this like ski lodge, this resort up there in the mountains. Like there's, that it's not even a town around where Gary Con happens. It's there because of the history. And I, you show up and everybody knows why you're there. And everybody's cool with it. And everybody's telling you to drink some spotted cow because that's the beer that they drink up there. And it <laughs> is, it's just so delightful to be in such a small space with so many people who are so passionate about the things that you want. So if Gen Con is just the big version of that, I got to try it. Oh, for sure. And if you end up in that bucket next year, well, I guess this year, we're going to be there. So we definitely want to link up while you're there. Yeah, um, please. I would like nothing better. All right. So I'm going to ask you a two-parter. And the first part is a time based. Okay. Only because okay. I'm putting a constraint on it. So I'm going to start off by asking you to give me a 30-second elevator pitch for our listeners who don't know what Misty Mountain Gaming is to tell me about it and why they should check it out. And then also to tell me about some of your favorite products. Okay. Uh, Misty Mountain Gaming was started several years ago as a company to just do things better and to be better than other dice companies, both in terms of quality and in terms of having a lifetime warranty of not forgetting about you once the sale is over. We've started building a community around of our products. We have original designs and we don't leave you hanging just with the dice. We have dice trays, we have dice bags, we have leather bags to carry around all of your dungeon mastering stuff in. We've recently partnered with Talon and Claw to have some amazing wood products, dice vaults, DM screens, and the like. 
we offer mystery bags. We're about to start doing dice subscriptions so that you can relive those loot crate days of getting new dice every week or every month. Pardon me. Um, we, yeah, it, just, just to be a little bit sappy, we're my favorite dice company. I don't work. I don't say that because I work for Misty Mountain Gaming. I work for Misty Mountain Gaming because that is true. Hmm. Excellent job, by the way. I have a follow-up question. Do I need yes. God-tier gaming dice? Please say yes. Need God-tier gaming dice? Yes, of course you do. In fact, because this is part of your livelihood, you should write it off on your taxes that you bought dice from us. I think that's I think that's probably correct and fair. I not thought of that before, but yes, it's an essential item for me. Right, yeah. Mm. It's just, yeah I do know, love smart or not. And I have noticed the new, what was the the partnership that you just announced? Or that you uh, said? We are working with Anthony over at Talon and Claw. Talon and Claw, yeah, yeah. So I love the, the <clears throat> Misty emails and now, and now I've noticed I'm starting to get the, the Talon and Claw emails as well. And you are right. The, the quality of the merch is really, really solid. We set out, and by we, I mean people who were in the company before me. <laughs> so I really should not be taking credit whatsoever. But Misty Mountain Gaming wants to hold your hand through your RPG journey, not because you need it, but because we want to be right there with you. So if any of our products prove to be defective or if they chip or break, or you just don't like how this one looks, or it doesn't quite look like you imagined, let us know. That is something that we are going to stand by and something that we think sets us apart. Is rolling too many natural ones worthy of a return? <laughs> that is not the right? first time I have had to answer <laughs> that question. So our lifetime warranty covers damage and wear. It does not cover loss or luck. <laughs> well said. As far as some of our favorite products, I'm actually, again, we've talked about my penchant for being thrifty. I don't insist on going to the top tier every time. I have some of our very nicest dice, in, uh, but they're not often the ones I reach for first. My uncle turned me on to, that sounded awkward. My <laughs> uncle turned me on to metal <laughs> dice. Yes, sir, that <laughs> matter, Rob. Pauses matter. <laughs> my uncle turned me on to metal dice several years ago. He bought me my first set. It wasn't a Misty Mountain Gaming set. He didn't know. It's fine. We've forgiven him. But I had only played with the good old Chessic acrylic sets. And that was D&D to me. I didn't know there was another way to live. And he presented me with those. And I received them. I took them out. I held them in my hand. I rolled them. And I said, thank you very much. Of course, what a great gift. You're a wonderful uncle. You realize, of course, however, that you have ruined me. Yes. Because I can <laughs> never go back to acrylic dice again. They feel so insubstantial. They feel cheap and plastic because they are cheap and plastic. Uh, that's kind of the, the role they fill. But large metal dice, this is not going to help anybody in your audio format, but I have some of them here. Just big old solid dice. These actually have little blood stains on them. <laughs> nice, your, crisp, your... visible white numbers. You know, they, they say in D&D, you know, your actions have weight. Every time you pick up the die, there's a consequence. And now your rolls have weight, too, because you've got a few ounces of metal in your hand every time you pick one up. And... <laughs> The Sword of the Blood Hunter and the and Vlad's Blade. They're two of the same design on our website. They're just kind of palette swapped to be light and dark. Unfortunately, I left the light ones in my car. But if we're talking about my favorite stuff on the website, it's 
we start with those two. So do you leave those in your car in case you get pulled over and can roll your way out of the encounter? Or? <laughs> roll for persuasion. <laughs> Is it slingshot ammunition? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're in my car, actually. Maybe it would give the cop a flat or something. I would have... <laughs> I would have suggested you uh, edit this out, but maybe this is actually a, a selling point for us. The reason they're in the car is because a customer called in a lifetime warranty on those dice. And it just so happened when the customer needed their die, our shelf was bare for that particular item. And I had this set that I had bought for a campaign that I never ran. And so I had a, a pristine bagged set of one of my favorite dice and it's in the car because I took that set to work and sent them the D20 out of it so they could have their die. Uh, and I'll just wait till the next shipment so I can get some in. So we're pretty committed to you, you having what you need from us at any given moment. Excellent. That's great. So let's imagine that I'm running a game store. What is my process for featuring your products? We have recently added, we are really trying to build up the wholesale side of the business right now. So even by the time this episode comes out, it may be slightly different, but there is going to be a landing page on our website right up at the top of the banner whenever you go to mistymountaingaming.com that says wholesale or wholesale with us or something similar to be pretty obvious which one it is. And you just quickly fire off some information, your name, the name of your store, and your best contact email, then there's a little space for notes or anything else that you'd like us to know so that our wholesale manager can contact you swiftly, go ahead and get you set up and again, take you through the process. We're not going to leave you alone to figure anything out on your own. We're going to take care of you as best we're able. And then you, we will, you know, once that rapport has been established, you can place your first wholesale order. We'll get everything packaged up, ready to sell and send it straight to you. Great. Very cool. So I notice on the uh, website that you have an ambassador team and it consists of yes. gamers, players, live streamers, et cetera. Um, and just on the very first page, I think there was three full pages, but I saw names like the existential nerd, Kate, the great, the play Matt, mad dog, Mike, no quest for the wicked. And it just seems like such an amazing group of people. What do they do? Are they the ones that are like at your booth or like, who are these people? So yeah, it's certainly an eclectic group that we have assembled uh, Avengers style over the course of several years. What they do is those are the people with whom we have a dedicated relationship to consistently talk about and promote our products. They might be podcasters, they might be streamers, they might be cosplayers, basically anyone with an audience that has reached out to us. We have reviewed their content and made sure that they're the kind of people that we would like to be associated with. And then they promote and their followers get some kind of a kickback so that when they come to our online store, we know who sent them and the audience gets a discount and the adventurer or affiliate or ambassador, whichever a word you would prefer to use <laughs> gets a little incentive as well. That's cool. I was just imagining like what an amazing Christmas party it must be with all those people there. We did have an amazing Christmas party. Very few of those people were there because we, we, we communicate with people uh, around the country and sometimes even around the globe for these, for this ambassador program. And, and not everybody wants to spend Christmas in the woods in Alabama, it turns out. 
<laughs> it's, it's kind of your first and only option if you're doing it. So, <laughs> so is there anything coming up for Misty Mountain Gaming that we are allowed to know about? Ooh, great question. We are we are moving so quickly; it's hard to pinpoint exactly when things will be made public. Certainly, we are going to be at several more conventions. Whatever one is local to you that's coming up that would have space for us, we're probably going to be there. And if not that one, then look for us at the next one. We'll probably be at that one. We have dedicated ourselves to new products coming up all the way down the line. Featured on our website right now are some round hollow dice with little dragons inside. I actually touched a set of dice earlier today some new samples came into the building, but did not get permission to talk about this. Ah, it's whatever. So we 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 love hollow dice. If you haven't played with hollow dice, they're exactly what they sound like. They're these metal frames that are coated in copper and then painted. And the copper gives them this nice, pleasant jingling sound. I actually have some of those here. Lord knows this probably won't pick up on the mic, but we try anyway. Having dice that sound like that is is pretty fun and it's even more fun when they have iconic dungeons and dragons creatures things out of the monster manual inside the little cage inside the little frame inside of them and i picked up some earlier today that had little beholders inside of them and they're they look pretty cool so rob have you been on a lot of podcasts and second part what are the top three reasons that this is the best one that you've been on I thought you were going to say, have you been on a lot of podcasts? And what's the top three reasons that the answer is no? Well, (laughs) that's actually an equally solid question. (laughs) (laughs) I have been on one podcast before, for sure. I I want to say there was another, but it's not coming to mind right now. So I really hope it's not true because then I'm accidentally slighting someone's someone's effort. The main podcast that I've been on was my own. My brother and I, a twin brother, started a D&D podcast a couple of years ago called Bardic Twinspiration, where we just kind of went over some advice that we had for playing D&D and for running D&D and eventually started talking about one D&D and eventually got burnt out around the time of his third kid. So we haven't recorded for that in a while. This, however, is infinitely better and it is no contest whatsoever because there's more people talking than just me and my brother. I've spoken to him quite enough in my life. Thank you very much. But also because I know I won't be the one doing the editing, which is great. You're telling me. No, I've I've really enjoyed you guys. I'm sorry that I don't have the cool mountains in the background. I'm the only one here that is not in some part of Middle Earth, I think, for the recording of this podcast. But you guys are quite pleasant and great and very easy to talk to. And that I've just felt comfortable since I sat down. So, yeah, this is great. Awesome. So I guess in closing, is there anything that we should have asked you that we didn't or anything else you'd like to talk about? Wow. Okay. no pressure then. Uh, I suppose we'll we'll do a little personal plug here. Besides Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition, which is by far and away the thing that I have run the most, I have started a tryst this past year with Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition. Um, me and my brother, a friend of ours, my uncle, and Eric Bra, a voice actor, all sat down and played a little campaign last year, and we're hoping to pick that back up with a little bit of a change in cast 
to be streaming on Misty Mountain Streaming on Twitch every Monday at 7 Central. We're thinking about starting, we, we're going to be starting next week. It now may be the week after. But if you are interested at all in Eldritch Horror, good role play, and we're going to be doing Pulp Cthulhu this time. So it's going to be a little less HP Lovecraft and a little bit more The Mummy or Indiana Jones or Tomb Raider then come hang out with us. It should be a, a good time, and at the very least, relatively inoffensive entertainment. <laughs> In a so sometimes game, that's the best right? you can get on the internet. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Well, if you ever want my Cthulhu character that's a hobo drifter murderer to join your game, you let me know. I'm happy to come. So <laughs> That is genuinely a tempting offer. <laughs> we're, we're branding the new stream Miskatonic Misadventure. Nice. Uh, going to take place in Arkham, and I so many so many ways a hobo drifter who murders <laughs> would <laughs> would do well would excel in such a story. I'm sure. Well, this is great. We thank you so much for agreeing to join us in the show. We hope this has been relatively painless for you, and then maybe you or your colleagues would maybe come and join us again sometime. Absolutely. I'm I'm sure anytime that you would like to speak to any of us, we would love to come back around. I'd love to talk uh, a little more about, hear a little more about y'all's histories, talk a little bit more about campaigns or other efforts that we've done now that we've introduced the company. We can settle down and have some real fun next time. Well, it sounds like we need to have a part two then, I think. so. Wouldn't find me complaining. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for listening this week, my friends. Please check us out on our Instagram or at our website, infernalschoolhouse.com. Oh, and we sell stuff on Etsy, too. This week, we're featuring our fireball blanket designed to keep you warm during those chilly winter gaming sessions or when you're blasting the baddies with the fireball spell. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.